0: I always knew I'd have kids, I just never intended to become a mother. I'm Dr. Lee Burge, and this is the Rockstar Parent Podcast. I'm a chiropractor, former college educator, life coach, and mom. Everyone has their own journey into motherhood. This podcast is devoted to telling my story and sharing what I found to be successful along the way. This is episode three. How to Get Your Newborn to Fit Seamlessly into Your Life Without Having to Sacrifice Anything. My oldest son, Jacob, was born exactly one week early. I was understandably surprised, as I was certain he would arrive right on his due date. That is pretty much how my life went before I had children. I made decisions, I made plans, and things got done pretty much right on schedule. Sure, there were the occasional bumps in the road, but I always managed to quickly realign and get right back on track. In fact, I prided myself on it. I could probably even go so far as to say I defined myself by it. Hi, I'm Lee, and I'm a person who gets things done. I was dependable. I was productive. I finished what I began, and I put 200% into everything I did. Going into labor early was definitely... Not part of my plan. Although I was tired of being pregnant, my back ached and my ankles were swollen, I was tired of thinking of my feet as distant relatives I knew in some past life. I longed to be able to tie my own shoes again, or just breathe again, or go more than an hour without having to pee. But that didn't mean I was ready to go into labor. In my mind, I still had one week left to make the final preparations. And after all, I still hadn't picked out the perfect outfit to bring my baby home in. My first childbirth experience was not so out of the ordinary, I don't think. It was actually going rather smoothly, all things considered. I was pretty adamant about two things. First, I wouldn't be the mom who went to the hospital with the first contraction only to be sent back home. So I made sure I was really in labor before we left our apartment that morning. I might have forgotten to factor in weekday rush hour traffic, multiplied by my husband's anxiety that he might have to deliver a baby himself if we didn't make it to the hospital in time, divided by his propensity to exceed the speed limit even during normal driving, which all equaled a very stressful ride. And of course, I also didn't factor in that this was my first baby and my body wouldn't act predictably. I was pretty sure I felt like I needed to push as we were leaving our apartment that morning, knowing it was about a 40-minute drive to the hospital. But I told myself, it couldn't be that. We had plenty of time. When we got to the hospital, I told the nurse who met me at the elevator that I felt like I needed to push. She rubbed my back and asked, Is this your first baby? I wasn't sure what that had to do with anything, but I answered her question in the affirmative. She very calmly said that I needed to get changed, and then she would check me. She was sure everything was fine, and we had plenty of time. I was so naive I believed her. But wow, I thought, if that feeling I had wasn't the urge to push, I was pretty dang nervous about how much more urgent it was going to get. Turns out, after the checking procedure... I was actually completely dilated and effaced. I wanted to say I told you so to the nurse, but honestly, there were more pressing matters at the moment. Now, the second thing I was very adamant about was that I didn't want any medication. I don't actually recommend that route to anyone, but I was an alternative healthcare provider and very passionate about my beliefs. I was pretty sure I could do it without the drugs, but just in case we had a system in place where I would get the drugs if I needed them. I ended up not asking for them during the delivery, but believe me when I say I begged for everything they could give me after the delivery. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. After it was confirmed that things had fully progressed already, I was wheeled into the delivery room. We were taking bets about how quickly this whole thing would be over. Actually, that part was probably only in my head, And turns out it was wishful thinking. It was at that moment that forward progress completely halted. I was still pushing. The midwife was there at the ready. But no baby was coming. Minutes passed and they turned into an hour. Another hour passed and still no baby. There was one in there of that we were all sure As the third hour of active labor passed with no further progression, I saw worried faces on the people in the room. I heard some discussion about possible medical interventions. My husband looked concerned. And then I felt concerned. There was no medical reason that could explain why everything stopped. I was healthy. The baby was doing fine, even with the prolonged labor. But neither of us could go on much longer and stay fine. I honestly didn't know what to do next, and I wasn't feeling very resourceful. The picture-perfect birth I had planned and imagined was evaporating, and I felt powerless. Suddenly and seemingly out of nowhere, my husband asked the specialist they had called in, the midwife and our nurse, to leave the delivery room. It was an unusual ask, to say the least, but they conceded we could have a few minutes to ourselves to talk about our options. Jonathan looked into my fatigued face and deep into my questioning eyes and asked, Is something wrong? We should have a baby by now. Now don't get mad. He was right. And something was wrong. I looked back up at him, and as the next contraction ramped up, I said, I'm not ready to become a mother. He sort of half laughed, and then flashed me that amazing smile I had fallen in love with six six years before but wanted to wipe right off his face in that moment. And he said, it's a little late for that. And then my husband and partner in life, very gently, tentatively, really, suggested that maybe I could have the baby first. And then after that, we could continue this conversation about how to help me feel more ready. I wasn't incredibly amused, but I couldn't deny my timing was awful. I conceded his plan was better than anything I could come up with at the moment, and I decided to have a baby. We invited our wonderful midwife back into the room, and our very healthy son was born just a few minutes later. I had always heard about the power of the mind, but now I had lived it. I hadn't scheduled having the baby into my calendar that day. And so, for the very first time, In what would be literally thousands of times since, my schedule took a backseat to my child's. As my son was placed into my arms for the very first time, I heard the words, Here you go, Mom. It certainly didn't hit me at that moment. I was ravenously hungry and so was my baby. But slowly, over the next few hours, I realized that this child's entire existence depended upon me. I was not only responsible for his physical needs, but would be responsible for his emotional, mental, and spiritual needs as well. I felt incredibly equipped before he was born to do this, as long as I had had one more week to prepare. But now, I was in overwhelm. The doubts and the questions didn't just quietly creep in, they moved in you know those house guests who are loud and difficult to ignore and who leave their stuff everywhere? Yeah. That's what was happening to me. Did he eat enough? Should he be crying right now? How will I ever ever know what he wants? Is he too warm? Is he too cold? Will he be tall enough to play in the NBA? Will he be smart? Will he be kind? Will he run fast? Will we be able to afford college? Will he ever sleep for more than 10 minutes at a time? Am I really qualified to use a bulb syringe? In that blur of recovering from childbirth and suffering from sleep deprivation, the feelings of overwhelming inadequacy were always there. I didn't share them with anyone, of course. I was afraid of being judged. I was afraid maybe I couldn't handle this after all. I was afraid of completely screwing this up. On the outside, I appeared to be doing well, I think. You know the analogy about the duck who appears to be effortlessly swimming across the water, calm and serene to the observer, yet underneath the duck's feet are paddling like crazy. I was the duck. I wasn't unknowingly careening out of control or anything like that. I was just really tired. And for the first time in as long as I could remember, I was not feeling like the captain of my own ship. Somehow, I had allowed a mere newborn infant to usurp my entire existence. As many new moms, I was barely finding the time or energy to even brush my teeth some days. Isn't it funny how your goals change? Before children, I would have conquered the world by 11 a.m. so as not to interfere with my lunch plans. After having a baby, if I even had a daily goal at all, it would be to just take a shower. I remember my husband coming home after a day of classes at the university. I was dozing on the couch with Jacob sleeping on my stomach. I was in pajamas. I know what my husband was wondering, but was probably too scared to ask. If those are the same pajamas she was in when I left this morning, did she just leave them on all day? Or did she change into clothes and change right back before I got home? And you know, he never even once asked what was for dinner for weeks. What had happened to me? Had I lost my ambition, had I lost my ability to organize my day, or had I simply just lost my mind? I didn't know the answer, but I was asking all the wrong questions anyway. In fact, I don't think it was until after I had my third child that I could really quantify what happens to women after they have babies. We become engulfed in the world of caring for a newborn. They are a full-time job. I was operating under the false impression that caring for Jacob was my part-time gig. I thought I could still be the old me by day and his caregiver by night. And I actually fought pretty hard to regain my pre-baby life. It had, after all, been pretty good to me. I read books. I went out to dinner with my husband. We took off to do things together on a moment's notice. I came and I went as I pleased on my time schedule. I couldn't see anything wrong with the way I had previously been running things, so I was more than a little frustrated by the fact that a little thing was now running me. I was squarely in the middle of a power struggle and I was losing. It wasn't a struggle between myself and my baby. He was demanding, but completely adorable. It was a struggle between my former self and this new person I saw changing diapers in the mirror of my bathroom. I don't think I was conscious enough in those first few weeks to even grasp any of this, but in hindsight, I have realized exactly what was happening. In a very real way, I had to learn to put away who I I had been and discover who I was to become. And so the question I do remember swirling around in my head at the time was, why isn't this baby fitting seamlessly into my life? I figured it would take a little time for him to learn my schedule, but wow, it had been weeks now and it was obvious that he wasn't getting it. There were only a few conclusions I could come to. Was I not a good teacher? Was there some problem with the baby? It hadn't yet occurred to me that it wasn't the teacher or the pupil that were inadequate. It was that the lesson had no value. You know, when I was young, I believed I could do anything. The world was mine for the taking. Why not? Goals and hopes and dreams are an integral part of growing up. We pretend we are astronauts and presidents, professional athletes and superheroes, beautiful ballerinas and princesses, or famous veterinarians saving whales in distant lands. It is those dreams that become the motivation behind all the wonderful things we go on to accomplish in life. What about all those goals and dreams I had yet to accomplish, I wondered to myself. How long would it be until I could get back to them? I had no idea in those early first weeks, it would be almost 24 years before I would get back on track with my childhood dreams. And this, I think, is the journey of motherhood. We toss around the title of mother so easily at times. It was one thing for me to have a baby, but it was another thing entirely to accept that my path was now altered. I fought my old self for control for weeks until I was utterly exhausted. I even went back to the clinic for almost 2 whole days, and then it became crystal clear to me that I didn't need to fight this fight anymore. I had the choice to simply step in to this marvelous new role that was open before me. It happens to all of us, I think, this birth into motherhood. For some, it might happen more quickly than it did for me. Some immediately recognize that new face in the mirror holding that beautiful infant and really embrace her from the beginning. But I had to learn to love her as I watched her go through the process of figuring out who she was. I watched her as she worked through her feelings of inadequacy, and I watched her as she quietly put her needs aside for the moment to attend to the needs of the little spirit before her. I watched her kiss her baby over and over until they both giggled, and I watched her as she struggled through the teaching moments as those babies grew. I watched her look at her changing body in the mirror, and I have watched her begin to make peace with it. I watched her slide down slides and build with blocks and read the same little book about brown bears hundreds of times. I have watched her change and grow and mature and realize that trying to regain the life she had was not only a futile venture, but the wrong destination to shoot for. Becoming a mother changes you and it changes you Forever. I will never again experience that sound, blissful sleep I enjoyed before I had children. I now know the light sleep of a mother who is still somehow very aware of the needs of her baby sleeping in the next room. What happens is that you realize you are now working on making a new life that encompasses the needs of many and no longer just the needs of the one. The minute I accepted that, all of the doubts and the confusion and the feelings of resentment washed away. This is a grand adventure of a very different kind, this journey into motherhood. After I embraced this new path, I I began constructing a new life, dare I say a fuller life, than the one I knew before. Now let me be clear, my life before children was great, but the seasons changed for me. And it was now my opportunity to discover the beauty and promise of this new time. What I thought of as a temporary detour turned out to become my life's work. So one last question for today. Why work so hard on yourself before you have children if you're just going to scrap the pieces and start anew once you have them? Finding the answer to that question for yourself is all part of the journey and it's a question I had to make peace with for myself. Why did I put myself through nine years of college just to become someone's mommy? Well the answer to that making peace with that question for me came over time and I figured out my kids were never meant to fit seamlessly into my life. It was me who was lucky enough to find a place in theirs. As evidenced by a conversation I would have with a five-year-old Jacob while we were riding in the car together. He very excitedly told me he had decided he was going to be a doctor when he grew up. Then I asked, Jacob, so you want to be a doctor just like me? No. You're not a doctor, he answered seriously. "Well, Yes, I am, sweetie. I'm a doctor. No. You're not, he answered again. In a very stern voice, I proclaimed to him and the rest of the universe who I thought might be listening, Jacob, I am. I am a doctor. And with complete calm, he definitively declared, No, you're not a doctor. You're my mom. I'm just a girl who was ready to start her family so I got pregnant and had a baby. But what I learned as I raised my own kids, that is the secret to becoming the parent I dreamed I could be, and is exactly what I'm sharing with you. Let's rock this parenting thing together.